morning. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz here to talk with you about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night, most Saturday nights, not not next Saturday night. <laughs> We're off next Saturday night, Moniz, just yeah, so you I, know. I know. Uh, I'll be uh, I'll be at the Emory Estate in Weymouth. So have you been over there yet? I, I, I haven't been over there yet. I've been by it, haven't been in it. So this is... I, as we got closer to it, I thought to myself, you know what? I think it'd be better off if I just waited and didn't go there first and had this event be my first experience being in the in the Going in cold. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And it's going to be pretty intimate. I mean, there's still some tickets available at SpookySouthCoast.com, but it's going to be a pretty intimate event. It's going to be um, a small group in a very large place. So I'll probably, you know, if I get a chance, maybe I'll do a little uh, live streaming from there so that people can see the inside of it because they're going to be doing a lot of fundraising events there just like they do at the Oliver Estate. They're going to apply that same strategy. Christy's the one who's running everything over at the Emory Estate. They're going to apply that same strategy to try to use the paranormal as a way to raise the money necessary to rehabilitate the property. So, of course, we, we totally support that effort. And so maybe I'll pop on some live stream video so you can see what it's like. And even though if you can't make it out to this particular event, you can go and join them at some of the things that they do. They'll be doing the same way they do them in Middleborough. They'll be doing amateur nights and pro nights, uh, letting people rent it out for different investigations. Like there's all kinds of stuff on the table. So maybe we can jump onto that. Maybe, maybe we can even go over there and do a live show when we, when we can. We had, a, we were supposed to be live from the USS Salem tonight, uh, but we had a little bit of a technical snafu. So we're waiting for corporate IT to fix those problems and get all that squared away. And then once they do, then we can get out there in the field. And I think the Emory Estate would be a great place too to add to the list. So would the Oliver Estate. I've done a live show from there with my other show and it worked out perfect. So I think we could do the same thing, you know, with Spooky, especially because after October, the Oliver Estate closes for the paranormal stuff for the year. Really? Yeah. So they they'll they'll pick that stuff back up in the spring. I think they might do. They might have a, a couple of things going into early November, but I think then it kind of switches to like holiday stuff. So if if there's a chance that we can get in there on a Saturday night, you know, Christy can let us know, and we'll get over there and broadcast from there. Yeah. It's do it's, our own little thing from in there. It's uh it's easy enough to do. Uh, but one thing that would be helpful though is if you're if you're listening, if you want to follow me on TikTok, I can <laughs> I can I'm twenty. Three, no, wait, let me tell you exactly how many as of right now. What, how many TikTok videos you have? Oh, 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 turn no. the sound down on your phone, Tim. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, let's see. What, 20? I'm 19 followers away from having the live option kick in. So if I can get another 19 followers, I'll hit the thousand mark and then I'll be able to go live on, on TikTok. Now I can only put up pre-recorded videos. Uh-huh. But if I hit that thousand person threshold... By next Saturday, I should be able to go live on it. But I'm not supposed to promote my personal social medias on on the radio. But it, you know, I can't tell you that you should go to at Tim Weisberg seven eight and follow me for that. But because it would be show content, right? You know, I think maybe we can get away with it. But anyway, yeah, I don't want to get fired. You I know like how many job. followers I've got? Well, I don't think that you do the tickety talk. No, I don't. You you know it's. So let me tell you, it's it's something that I wanted nothing to do with, but... Well, you're in media. It makes sense for you yeah, to but have I, uh, other forms of media at your disposal. I still didn't want to do it, I, mainly because every time I opened it up, before I like started like cultivating like what I wanted to follow, all I was getting was just a bunch of... 
dance like, videos. That's yeah, the barely, most I've ever barely seen of age girls or maybe not even of age girls like shaking themselves for the camera. And I was like, I don't want to be on this app. I feel gross being on this app. But as I've learned, like the more you cultivate it and you follow certain people and it feeds you, the algorithm feeds you with things that you're looking for, you get the kind of, so you can create a content experience with the kind of stuff that you want to see. And what I find about it is there's a lot of good entertaining stuff and a lot of good information uh, that if you start to dig into it. So like if something's going on from a news perspective, you can actually go in there and put in the right hashtags and start to see all the same way that I would use Twitter. So just for an example, uh, the other day, yesterday, there was that whole thing that happened with the Stoughton police officers and that it turned out that they'd been having this inappropriate relationship with an underage girl for years and she got pregnant and ended up committing suicide and all that. So they were going to have a press conference. And so I go to Twitter and I look for, you know, Stoughton as a keyword and anybody that's tweeting. But what I realized is if I open up TikTok and I go into there and I type in Stoughton or Stoughton police, there's people who are there with the ability to go live on TikTok that are live streaming it. So it's like, that's the place to go to see this kind of stuff live. So I've, I've learned a little bit more. And of course, I follow a lot of paranormal people. And in doing so, I get a lot of paranormal content out of it or, you know, legend content. So stuff you're like that. using it as a man on the street, quote unquote, type of thing, you know, on the scene. You know what it is, is uh, it's, it's like what Facebook was before, like it got inundated with all kinds of ads and everything else. There's, there's a lot of ads in TikTok too, but you, it's, it's very easy to just like scroll past them and just kind of move them aside. But you get a very, a very curated version of what it is that you want to see as opposed to, you know, getting a bunch of other stuff. They're not feeding you what the algorithm thinks that they, that they want you to see. They're feeding you what you think that you want to see for now. I'm sure it'll all change, but, um. It's, it's, it's interesting to see, especially like on a Saturday night, especially tonight, because as much as like we don't buy into the world's largest ghost hunt thing, a lot of people do. There's a lot of people out there investigating for it tonight. So there'll be a lot of great live stream videos that will give you an inside look at some of these places. Uh, now, the problem is the people who are running them a lot of times are doing it just to get social media clout. So it's not like you're actually seeing mm. anything really good. Um, you might just see a bunch of people. Hey, guys. Be sure to follow. But, you know, for the most part, you can remember to you like can determine and subscribe. Who to follow. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's certainly something that is uh, yeah, worth worth checking out. And I, I, I put up a video last week. I'll have to show you after maybe during the news or after the show. But I put up a video of uh, Adam took the one chip challenge last Sunday. Everybody keeps talking. I've seen a few videos of the uh, why. I've always said pain should not be a flavor. Well, this this he he said that it actually wasn't you know bad tasting. It's just the lingering effect of it. Yeah, he's he 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 kind of he said if it was a bag of chips that just tasted like it, you know you you'd you'd eat maybe a handful or two. They they weren't good enough to eat a whole bag, but you might eat you know a couple of them. Um, but he he said the biggest problem was that the 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 spice didn't go away. So he chugged two giant bottles of water. He didn't get sick Won't from eating the you. chip. Won't help you. Well, this was this was just to get him home because oh, okay. <laughs> they didn't have any milk in the store that we got the chip from. <laughs> so this was just to get him. We were like, you know, five minutes from home. So, but he he said that uh, he the only reason he didn't feel well afterwards was because he chugged two big bottles of water. Yeah. Well. So two big bottles of ice cold water. You know, when you chug that, it doesn't really do you that good. Yeah, I get, I get it. I get it. So tonight I thought we would talk about a few things. First of all, 
let's address the big question that everybody's been asking for the last couple of hours. What was that in the sky tonight? We went through this last week, too. But um, I can tell you what it was. Without even having to see your photo, without having to see your video, it was the SpaceX launch. It happened at about 7, I think it was 7.32 Eastern time from Cape Canaveral. So you've got, I get Most I, of the Eastern seaboard should have been able to see it. Especially on a night like tonight where yeah. it's nice and clear. I didn't realize uh, that even though, it, you know, because you know, I was trying to follow along with the timing of that one last time we, we talked about last week. I didn't realize that even after the stages of the rocket taking off and all of the rest of the pieces falling back, that it's still hours before it's actually appears like it is in orbit. So like I thought, oh, it was already in orbit. Yeah. Okay. It is already in orbit, but you're still seeing it get out there. You know what I mean? So you're still seeing, you're still seeing something that looks like a weird object in the sky and not just like a regular satellite. Oh, what you're seeing is what's left of um, the propellant that helped push it up there. So think of it as like a large contrail from a, you know, uh, an airplane. Ten twenty-three now. We're three hours out, so it's it still doesn't look like a regular satellite would, you know, floating around. It's going to look like a weird light. So that that fi- picture that I showed you last week, where it was like a long bar of light in the sky, yeah. it probably still looks like that right now, and it will for a few hours more. But when you first launch, you could see like that corona around it, the contrast, yeah. like you were talking about. Um, so that's what you probably saw if you took a photo and you're sending it in. That's that's what it was. Sorry to. Sorry to um, ruin your alien experience, but at the same time, we have to kind of get used to this because it's happening quite often. And I think as private space exploration and and private space use expands, it's going to happen a lot. We're going to get to the point where seeing these things in the sky are going to be similar to seeing an airplane in the sky. Yeah. Uh, Think about it. In the past 60 years, you know, We've regularly been putting stuff into space for the past 60 years, okay? And in that time, we've doubled, more than doubled <coughs> each each time we go, go up in space because every, was it, 10 years, like so many more countries become spacefaring on this planet. You know, uh, uh, all of the major players already all have space platform or their own space platforms out there in terms of satellites. And but stuff. even if those other countries don't, even if other smaller countries don't, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing the companies, the private companies that are doing it, decide well, to go into those countries. What, well, that's what I was talking about. The, it, the materials it's taking to get into space are becoming a lot more, we'll call it affordable. You know, before it took, you know, the backing of a country to put a program together. Now that we've got the technology pretty much nailed down for basic stuff, it's become affordable for, you know, larger corporations. Yeah. You still got to be, you got to be an Amazon or a Tesla to be able to do it, but yeah. Yeah. It's not out of the reach of, you know, private companies. But eventually it'll be to the point where the smaller companies will be able to do it as well. You know, is, yeah. is, is, uh, do, and I, I foresee roughly in about another 30 years, you know, local space companies 
Well, Walmart's going to want to put up their own satellite sometime to offer their own services off of it, and they'll just hitch a ride on a SpaceX. Or yeah. you know, so I think so you get out. what I'm talking about. By the yeah. way, you can send us app chat messages during the program by going to the app, the Spooky South Coast. Going to the yeah. WBSM app, opening up app chat and selecting Spooky South Coast as the show to send in your messages to. But uh, we got we got a, a photo sent in to us of a of an, an unidentified object, uh, something very paranormal. So, <laughs> oh God, John in New Bedford sends in a, a photo, a selfie photo. Um, but yes, you can absolutely send us app chat messages uh, throughout the show by using the WBSM app. It just it's helpful if you select Spooky South Coast as a way to send it all in. Uh, also, you can call in 508-996-0500 because we're going to ask the question tonight. What's the weirdest thing that ever happened to you? Because we got a phone call last week of somebody sharing just that very story. And so that kind of made me think that there's probably other people that want to share the same story. It could be a ghost experience. It could be uh, a UFO that you saw. It could be encountering something weird in the woods. It could be a doppelganger where you saw somebody that you know, but it, it wasn't actually them. Uh, any story is on the table tonight if you want to share it at 508-996-0500. We'll take those calls throughout the show. You can also app chat message those as well, but it's probably easier if you call in because I'm sure your story is, you know, in depth and you can't, you don't want to sit there and type the whole thing out. Yeah. But we've had, we've had a lot of weird things happen to us. Um, not only in our entire lives, but just since we started the show, I remember one of the first things that happened to me where I felt, you know, you warned us at the very beginning. I did. You said strange things are going to start to happen. You're going to start to see things out of the corner of your eye. Uh, you said, don't be surprised if you go home and it looks like somebody has been in your house. Thankfully, that's never happened to me. You know, knock on Formica. Hopefully, it never does. Uh, but, you know, you said things will get progressively weirder. Yes. And we were probably a few months into you being part of the show. So, I'm, uh, maybe about this time of year, in year one of the show. So, what are we talking? September, maybe, of, of, uh, of 2006. And... I went home after the show, got home. We didn't, we didn't get home too, too late back in those early days. You know, we would, we would do maybe the, one. Yeah. Like, you know, usually we would, we used to all park at the, at the diner and ride in together. And, yeah. you know, so I'd probably got home like, yeah, like one, one thirty, and pulled, I, I drove down the road along the pond and, you know, everything seemed normal. Everything seemed fine. Pulled into my driveway, had the outside light on. I would always turn the outside light on because it would get super dark. There was no street light, and I wanted to be able to see going up the stairs. Yeah. Um, because Yeah, those stairs you have were a little dangerous. Yeah, the, the, the concrete wasn't great on those. Uh, so we, I, I got home, parked the car, got out of the car, went around to the, I think maybe the back door of the trunk or something, I had my backpack that I wanted to take out and bring in. And as I'm taking it out of the car, I just happened to look down the part of the road that I had just come. And I saw a figure. And it was in the shadows, but I didn't, I wouldn't call it a shadow figure per se. But I saw this like figure and I was like, oh, who's down there? And I started walking down the, the street because I wasn't thinking like, oh, this yeah. could be like, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself that it's, Somebody. Yeah, it's probably like a neighbor or something. Not even thinking to myself, this could actually be like somebody who is looking to break into somebody's house or something. Mm. Uh, especially if it was this time of year, 
all the summer people probably weren't in their cottages. And so it's the perfect time of year for somebody to, to go and try to break in because it's not, they all, the biggest, the biggest, uh, holiday weekend in the neighborhood is, is Columbus day weekend. Everybody comes down, they all throw crazy parties and that's when they all take their boats out of the water and, and put them back in their yards or wherever they bring them for the winter. So from labor day to Columbus day, you've got houses that are still fully stocked, but with nobody in them. Correct. So it's a time of year when you got to keep an eye out for people that are breaking in. And so that's, you know, my thought process is that it's just somebody from the neighborhood that it's not a burglar. Uh, if I had thought about the burglar, I probably would have thought twice about walking down there. But as I start walking down the road and I'm it, like, hello. Is this across the street from your house? Yeah. yeah, walking toward the beach. Yeah. So um, like toward the little parking lot they yeah. have. Yeah. And so it's like a dip and then it goes back up. So if yeah, somebody, you're talking about. If somebody so ran up. Dip. You would, if somebody ran up the hill, you would still be able to see them. Yeah. And actually, they would get to the street light at the top of the hill, and then you'd really be able to see them. So as I'm walking over them, like, hello, hello, and then, like, I see this thing just kind of vanish. Yeah. Because <laughs> if it's where I know you're talking about, there's no place for anybody to go there. That's all open. They're either going to run to the beach. Yep. Or they're going to have to run into... Uh, there's two yards, there's two houses across there, but the yards are fenced in. Right. So you're not going to be able to get anywhere from there. So it was, um, it was just very odd. And so you're talking right there at the corner of your yard where the street is that went up to the beach. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I would park in the driveway, which was the driveway is parallel with the, the neighbor's property. Yep. So it's, you know, the, the driveway is the end of the property line. Then there's one house next to me, and then it goes up the hill to the beach. So, like, there really was nowhere for anybody to go. And if they tried to take off through the through the bushes or something, I would have heard them rustling around. So it just it just was a complete vanishing act. And I think I remember, like, calling you the next day and being like, all right, well, I guess I see what you're talking about. I guess this is how <laughs> it's going to be. But thankfully, I haven't had a lot of experiences like that after that. Well, you have had a number of... Um We'll call them very weird experiences with in touches with the paranormal. I've been with you on several. Yeah, but that's different. That's when I'm out there looking for it. Right. Like, I, I like it when I'm looking for it. It's a little unnerving when you're like, okay, you're I'm, not I'm, looking I'm, for I'm it done it, for the yeah, night. And I'm it going shows home. up. Yeah. 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 The, um, well, how many times have we been coming home from places and you and I are calling each other because this or that happens or the place that we just left is calling us? You know, saying, hey, there's activity still going on. A good example, Lizzie's. How many times did we leave from there and wind up having Leanne or one of the other docents calling saying, uh, this is still going on here, guys? Well, I think one of the weirdest nights was um, we had... I, want, was it, was, I don't know if it was driving back from... No, because when we went to the Houghton Mansion and, and did that first event up there, we stayed there. Yeah. Because uh, you and I shared a room, which was a creepy experience unto itself. Oh, that hotel? <laughs> but, um, well, just us sharing a room. Yeah, that too. But, um, so maybe it was coming back from Gardner or or Wingend and one of the events we might have done up in that way. But I remember that we came, driving home, There was it was like a super weird night. And we almost like, almost like we were missing time. Mm. But I think it was just more because we were tired and talking more than it was that we were 
I don't think we were abducted. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to I don't want to go down that path, but that was one of the strange experiences. And uh yes, Sam, I got your text message. That was that was uh the story that inspired us to to talk about this topic tonight. Um so if you've had something strange that has happened to you, something that you can't put your finger on or some sort of experience that you want to share, if you've never called in before to share it, 508-996-0500 is the way to do it. Uh, I think part of it, though, is that we've brought a lot of people out to have their first experiences, too, with the different fundraising events that we do and the, the different ghost hunting events yep. that we do. A lot of people have had that first encounter that, and you see it in their eyes. Like, you you see the reaction to it the first time, especially, you know, more often than not, the person who has that first experience is somebody who went in, think, you know, being skeptical about yeah. it, and they end up having something happen that they, they can't explain. Life-changing eye-opening there was the the speaking of the houghton mansion there was the oh, guy the, that, that the lawyer jeff yeah. jeff tells that story all the time in his presentations about the guy who you know was crapping all over everything the whole night and then <laughs> had, he had the most profound experience out of anybody yep. and we've had that happen when we were at lizzie's and yep. we would have the leg lifting done i remember there was a guy i want to say he was i forget what he did for a living but he was wearing these big heavy boots and he laid down to do the leg lift and I'm, I remember, and he didn't believe that any of this stuff was real. He didn't believe that his legs were going to lift up on their own off the bed like has happened to so many people there. And we, we kept telling him, well, it's probably not going to happen because you're wearing 50-pound boots. Like, it's never going to happen. He's like, yeah, well, I'm not taking my boots off. If there's really a ghost here, they can lift up my legs, boots and all. I was like, well, you, you got to kind of meet the phenomenon halfway here, buddy. But he, he didn't want to do it. So uh, he laid there, and, and sure enough... His legs got lifted up, heavy boots and all. And he, all the color drained from him and he had no way to explain it. And it, and it messed him up. I mean, it's, it's messed up a lot of people if they go into it already. Th you, see, that's the one I thing. I still have no explanation for that. I watched it with you. I don't know how many times. All I can say is, yeah, it did happen and it does happen. I have no exact explanation why though. And it doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't, but the, it does happen. The only thing that I can think of as to why it has continuously happened, and I don't know if it still does. I don't know if anybody even tries it anymore. But the only thing that I can think of is because it happened on that first night and because we talked about it and made it into a thing so that people go there and try it, that the spirits that are there just are like, this Pav is this Pavlo is an expectation. Ghost Pavlovian response? No, I think it's more that it's an ex it's an expected thing, and they know it's one thing that people are going to okay. do, so that they have a chance to show that they're there, doing this. So, like, why waste? Why expend energy? You know, trying to knock on the wall or right. you know make any kind of sound if you know eventually they're going to lay on the bed and you can I use all your energy. I, to lift I, the I legs. know this works. Type yeah. of thing. Yeah, okay. So they're gonna, they're going to try it, and this is our chance to to kind of let them know. Uh, because I've had people who have done it who were completely skeptical of it, like that gentleman. I've had people who, and, and, and I've and had, we've had them. reports when uh, Leanne was there of it happening to other people not knowing that that happens. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so. Uh, but we've, we've also had people that would go there wanting it to happen right. and, you know, hoping that it would happen and it doesn't. Yep. So it's, you know, it's not, a, I don't think it's a matter of any kind of power of suggestion. I know because I've, I've felt it. I've felt it around my ankles many times around my feet many times it's it's it feels like hands i felt it and had it happen to me <coughs> once and i tried how many times doing it pretty much every time we mm -hmm. were there 
I've seen it happen a dozen times, and you're right. It happened to people that believe and people that didn't believe. There was no, there was no discernible type, uh, shall we say, that it would happen to. It was completely random as to who and when it would do it. And that's what made it all the more intriguing to me it, because there was no pattern. As a scientist, I want to try and find patterns. And I've tried it in some other haunted locations. No luck. I tried it, for example, yeah. I, you know, last, um, this past April, I, when we, I did my event at the Wayside Inn and I had extra rooms left over because not all the rooms were rented out. And because of the deal that I have to be able to do events there, I have to be able to rent out all those rooms in order to have the whole place to ourselves to investigate. Otherwise they wouldn't let us investigate the, the inn because other people would be staying there. So I'm on the hook for all the rooms. And if I don't sell them out, I have to pay for them. So this particular night, three rooms didn't sell. So I had three rooms that I was paying for. And I said, you know what? If I'm going to pay for these three rooms, which is like 600 bucks, if I'm going to be paying that, I'm going to stay in one of the rooms. I'm pretty tired. And also the most haunted room is open. So I'm going to, I'm going to stay and I'm going to sleep in that room. So I went to sleep. I went into the room to go to sleep, to, to get ready to go to bed. And I said, let me just try it. Let me just see if Jerusha Howe is in this room. Maybe she can lift my legs up. And Jerusha is known to get frisky with the men. So why not try it? You know, she, she might be interested in doing that. And I tried it for a good, you know, half an hour or so. No luck at all. I've tried it in a few other places. No luck at all. However, Benford Hall is one of the places I tried it. No luck at all. However, one night, and we'll get to this call in just a moment, but we were, I don't know if you remember, but Kristen Gartland was doing an event in Fall River at the PAL Hall. Uh, yeah, the wrestling hall? Well, yeah, well, it's where they have the, the wrestling company has yeah, their training yeah. facility on the yeah. third floor. And we were, for a while, we were stationed on the second, second floor, floor in the gym, yeah. which was like a really freaky spot. Yeah, but um, we went up to the ring mainly because I wanted to bounce off the ropes. Um, but there was a, a teenage girl there, and... We tried it with her laying on the side of the wrestling ring and her legs were lifted up off the side of the wrestling ring. So I don't know if it's a Fall River thing more than a just maybe a Lizzie thing. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe whatever was at the Lizzie house popped over. Who knows? But uh, it was kind of interesting. I mean, and maybe the girl was faking it too. And I, I don't know for sure that she wasn't, but I'd like to think that she wasn't. And just very, very strange. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You were on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, you know what? Hold on, let me press that button. There you go. <laughs> there you are. I didn't realize they turned the phone phone pot off. That never happens. What's on your mind? Hey, Tim and Matt. It's John in New Bedford. How's it going? Hey, John. How are you? What's up, brother? Uh, not much, man. Couple of thing, uh, a couple of things. The um, back to the, going back to the SpaceX thing. I remember a couple of weeks ago on the uh, on the, the Facebook there, uh, people were posting photos and what's this and what's that and no, it's the 54 satellites that SpaceX launched all in a row. <laughs> You're going to see those for the next couple of days because they, they separate out over time. It takes them a little while to separate out. So for a while, it looks like just one giant line of lights. But um, as far as uh, spooky things happening, I've, I've had a couple um, living in old houses around the city in, um, in my lifetime. But recently, um, and more personally, my uh, my father passed away in December. Oh, and, sorry um, for your loss. 
Thank you. And uh, I, I met a lady friend um, who, recently who is a uh, medium, um, and he kept telling me that you know there's there's some. She said my father was annoying her, and I said like like in ghost, and she said worse. And uh, knowing a man, I can see that happening. But she said that there's something in, still in his house that he wants you to get. You have to. You have to go to the house, and um, I, I found an occasion where we could actually both go and help uh, my, my dad's girlfriend uh, clean some stuff out. And she said, "There's in the basement. There's there's a tool thing, and there's something in the basement." And she guided me to um, like one of those craftsman, uh, you know, tool chests, the big stand-up ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and drawers in there. And I'm looking through. She said, "There's a ring." He wants you to have this ring, and I'm looking through all these drawers and there's tools and screws and all that kind of. Thing. I'm not finding any rings. And I go back upstairs, and she she'd been upstairs talking to my dad's girlfriend about you know whatever, and uh, I pulled her aside and said, oh, I didn't find it." And she says, "It's there. You 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 were so close. Go." So I went back down, and sure enough, um, in that tool chest, my dad had my grandfather's old toolbox. It was um, like a wooden machinist toolbox. And the wooden drawers from that were in the craftsman toolbox drawers. I don't know if you can picture that. Yep. But in, in one of those wooden drawers from my grandfather's toolbox were uh, medicine bottles. And they had pills in them. and Not pills. They had um, screws and stuff. But like old, old pill bottles with not even, not even safety tops, just flip tops. And in one of those was my grandfather's wedding ring. He was a toolmaker. He was a machinist. So he wasn't, you know, you don't wear yeah. jewelry when you're doing that kind of work. But my, I found my grandfather's wedding ring in that toolbox that this person who had never met any of them, had never been to that house before, was like, get your ass back in the basement. You missed it. You were close. And that kind of freaked me out. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> and um, and recently, last weekend, um, like, you know, she, she he's in contact with her. He, you know, he, she's like, I can't get rid of him. Um, and, uh, so, and, and, you know, uh, someone passes away, you think, oh, they would have said this or they would have said that. And I'm going through that in my head, like something happens. Oh, my dad probably would have said this. Well, I was grabbing, you know, the most New England thing ever. I was grabbing the coffee milk bottle out of the fridge <laughs> and it slipped out of my, it was almost empty. It slipped out of my hand and fell on the floor. And I'm looking at it at my feet spinning and I hear clear as day, my father's voice in my head. What are you playing? Spin the bottle with yourself? <laughs> And it was like, like he was standing behind me, looking over my shoulder, saying it in my ear. And I was like, wow. Because it wasn't like any of the other, you know, like, oh, he would have said this or he would have said that. No, this was him standing there saying this to me. And um, and I had called my friend and told her about that. And she says, yeah, yeah, welcome to my world. This That's what happens all the time. She said that um, usually, um, like, you hear, you'll hear someone call your name. And you have to, like, have your brain turned off and not really be thinking about anything, which, you know, as I'm staring at the floor with the coffee syrup bottle, I guess I was in that state. But she said a lot of times people will hear their name, and that'll snap them out of it, and that's the only thing they ever hear. But uh, she said, yeah, that's, you know, I, I, like, I got a taste of it. <laughs> Too bad Stephanie isn't there to corroborate tonight or, uh, well, or, uh, or give her her input. But hopefully she's listening. You know, and I think something like that goes to show, too, that, you know, even if there is, you know, nothing beyond this, nothing beyond, like, even if there isn't a place that we go 
like I'd be I'd be kind of fine with sticking around and hanging around and seeing my loved ones and being able to interact with them like that. You know, and yeah. to be able to, to to be able to reach out to somebody like her and say, "Hey, tell them this thing that I w- really wish that I could tell them, but I can't." You know, I, I think that um, there's a lot of comfort in that too. Yeah. As yeah. much as thinking there's some you know great reward we're all going to go off to. Yeah. Or nothingness. Yeah, I mean, that's my my initial thought is that it's there is something. No, my, my, I like to think that there's nothing. That you know, there's nothing to it, but that you can kind of no, come I back mean, into something. Go, when you transition beyond, there is something beyond there, not going into a nothingness per se. I'm kind of looking forward to the nothingness. <laughs> That's finally everybody will leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the call, John. Thank thanks for sharing John. with us. You as well. 508-996-0500. If you want to share a story about something strange, something profound, something unusual that has happened to you, we would love to hear your call. My new favorite thing about the internet, Moniz, is I think think we've probably both subconsciously been into this idea for a long time, but never really put a, a name or a label on it. But my new favorite thing about the internet is when people are wrong about something but are so confident in the wrong answer. Why did I know you were going to go with something along the lines of, you know, the Mandala effect? Well, that's certainly part of it, too. I mean, that people who are convinced about the Mandela effect. I know I saw effect, this on the, yeah, you know. Yeah. The people, but I'm talking about people that try to explain something with the wrong answer, but are so confident well, in the wrong do, answer. The, that's been going on for, you know, as long as man's been around. I, I know, but the, on the internet now, there's a phenomenon of pointing it out. Of oh. like creating like Facebook pages of examples of screenshots of people doing it. And um, the Onset Massachusetts Facebook group is a good place to do that tonight. And I'm sure many other town Facebook groups that have a photo of the SpaceX launch uh, because there are a lot of people who are very, very confident in their wrong answers. So let me just share with you some of these. Uh, well, I mean, this person says the UFO, but they're probably kidding around. It's a helicopter. Now, you saw the photo. It's not a helicopter. There's no way it's a helicopter. Uh, there's some other... Hold on. It was a drone. That's a big drone. Uh, another one. Hold on here. I'm just going to go through them all. Okay. Oh, this person. It was definitely a helicopter. Okay. Uh, this person here says... I can see how somebody think it might be a searchlight from a helicopter. It's pointing up. Uh, hey. <laughs> it was an angel. Ah. Like, I, I can understand wanting to put metaphysical explanations onto it, but I don't know that angel would be the first thing that I would jump to. Um, it was just an airplane flying through the smoke from the Marion fireworks. Well, first of all, they weren't, those weren't Marion fireworks. Those were, Onset. those were the uh, Harvest Moon Festival, Festival. in Onset. Yeah. Um, and then, hold on, There's I know I think there's a couple more. It was a helicopter. Um, and then there was, hold on. It was a drone. It was the International Space Station. No Chinese lanterns? I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, come on, they're slacking. I'm, I'm, going through, I'm going through here to see if there's any more. At least this person... Was not so confident in their wrong answer. I thought it was a drone, but I, I might be wrong. Hmm. 
All right. Well, at least they made an effort, but yeah, no, not a drunk. So it, it reminds me of when you put, you know, uh, this is why I no longer share data, yep. evidence, as some people use. Uh, but that's why I no longer share stuff like that, for the most part, um, on social media. Like, I might share it, like, if we catch something good in an event, I might share it amongst, you know, in the group made for the people at the event. I don't really want to put it out there for everybody because I'm tired of all of the people who are so confident in what it is when I was there and I know this, the circumstances. Uh, just as much as I'm sure people are upset when I try to, you know, debunk the things that they put. And I'm like, nope, that's a bug. Nope, that's dust. Nope, that's moisture. Ah, uh, orbs. But yeah. at the same time. You know, if I put something up there, it's like there's something that I caught on a recent investigation that's there's a shadow figure in this location. I'll, I'll show it to you. I can't talk about it publicly because we're not allowed to let people know that we investigated this particular spot. Okay. But um, when you look at it, like you could say, okay, well, if that's on the second level of this large room, then, you know, like a loft area, mm-hmm. well, then that could easily be the shadow of somebody... In the That's room. on the first floor. Yeah. On the, you know, on the bottom yeah. ground level. Yeah, I got where you're going. And we debunk that at the scene by having everybody move to see if this thing moved and, and it didn't. And we tried blocking the windows to see if it was like, and it didn't. It, it was still there no matter what. It was a black mass that was just in that position. But it didn't matter. Like people still fought about it. Like when we shared it, even within the, amongst the people who were there. So I was like, Jesus, just imagine if I put this out there to the general public. Yeah. Uh, there's a good example of, you know, the paranormal experience that you have as a group, but don't have the evidence you know, or, or, or recording of it. Mm-hmm. Going back to the Houghton Mansion, we seem to go, you know, have, had a lot of experiences in that place. The night that we were all in Withers' room. And right. that, Josh was the, taking us around on the yeah. tour. And that disembodied voice that happened to my left and would have been your right in the closet. In the cl- yeah, in the closet. Which naturally we, <laughs> we we're like what? No, no. Well, immediately we're all like, "Screw you, Josh!" Like we yeah. thought he had a tape yeah, recorder in there something. that he was messing with us. Like so, we we went over there and we opened it up to find the tape recorder and it wasn't in there. And he's like, "Guys, I wouldn't do that." And we we really thought he was just trying to pull our leg. Yeah, and uh, it it sounded. For, for the listening audience, if any of you have ever um, seen the Peanuts, the the cartoon, Charlie Brown's teacher. Mm-hmm. Or so, any, any adult uh, in a Peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, you know, type of, and it was adamant. It was loud. It was definitely speech. Uh, I couldn't discern any words, but it's definitely loud enough to be heard. Now, we were in the... So, John Witter's room is in the back end of the Houghton Mansion on the third floor. And it's in a position where... So, yes, the Houghton Mansion is is on a street. Yeah. And a rather busy street. But this is in the back end of the building with the parking lot behind it with a, with a motion sensor... Spotlight. Spotlight yeah. So had somebody been back there, it wouldn't have been somebody at street level the, coming from the back end of the house. In the room. It was in the in closet. The ro- yeah, in the room. Or, yeah, in the closet in the room. And but. and so like there was all these signs of of it or all these, you know, things that we were able to 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 push it aside. And then later on on that same night, 
we finished up the tour around there and everybody was in the library. There's only eight people in the building. Yep. Uh, strangely, Josh, we were there for an event on the Saturday, but we all met on Friday, Friday. for a dinner. And Josh was like, does anybody want to go over to the house now? And believe it or not, like most of the people were like, nah, yeah. we'll, we'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. Like, why Fools, would you give up you free went. time to you go over there? Went. And so after he was done taking us on the tour, we're all in the library. And I, I heard something come from the grand staircase right next to it. And, and I walked over and I yelled up to the staircase, is there anybody up, up there? there? And I just heard a female voice say, no, coming down from the top. <laughs> we were all so. there. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, pretty interesting. Let's see if we can squeeze in this call before we have to go to the news. Uh, good evening. You were on Spooky South Coast. I only got the tail end of the show. What was that in the sky earlier today? Oh, that was uh, the SpaceX launch. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they launched they launched another Falcon rocket from Cape Canaveral at about 723 this evening, I think it was. So when everybody saw it in the sky over here, that was just it, you know, kind of entering up into orbit. All right. Thank you very much. No problem. Uh, so, yeah, so if you did see that and if, you, if you're just tuning in, it was the SpaceX satellite launch tonight. And it's going to be happening more frequently. There's You can track them all online. Uh, Space.com always has all the information about them, too. But I think you can actually put something on your phone to let you know when there's one that's launching um, so that you, you know, don't get confused when you're looking up in the sky. Well, why don't you do a public service every time they are getting ready to do a launch? Put something Cause, up on, cause on you're the just website. Making, you're just making work for me. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to pay no attention to that. I have no problem making work for you. That's uh, what I'm here for. I'm not going to pay attention to that. <laughs> you can you can download the app, and the app will send you an alert. You don't yeah. need me to tell you. Um I didn't. I had no idea there was a launch happening either. Like, it was until but when you I, go looking for them. Yeah, it was when I saw the photo pop up. I was like, uh, "Let me type SpaceX launch tonight," and then it said, "Yes, seven twenty-three tonight." There's a SpaceX launch. I was like, "Well, then there you go." So just, I mean, I guess just assume that when you see something weird in the sky like that, it's assume first that it's SpaceX. And then work your way backward, which is what they want us to do. That's how they're going to condition us to see weird things in the sky and just assume so that it's, it's SpaceX. Elon, not an alien. I didn't say that they weren't one of the same. Neither did that, I. That family is one weird, is just by the a way. direct name. That family is weird. If, if you really start to dive into, like, the story, his his father is very strange. Like, if you really start to dive into it, it's, it's a weird family. They could very well be extraterrestrial, but... I'm not starting those kind of conspiracy theories. There's enough weird stuff out there that people already believe. They don't need me throwing more fuel on the fire. Uh, we're going to be taking a break with the news coming up in just a few moments. On the other side of that, we'll take more of your phone calls at 508-996-0500. You can also hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. So if you are a Spooky South Coast listener and you listen on podcast and you don't really know how to listen to us live, the easiest thing to do is to download the WBSM app from your app store, or you can go right to the WBSM.com website, and then under the Listen button, you'll have an option there that will send the app directly to you. And why do you want to download the app? Well, because you can listen to it live on Saturday nights with a great quality, FM quality sounding stream, but also while you have that on your phone, you can open it up, and in the middle row of the app is a bunch of buttons, and one of those buttons says App Chat. And if you hit that button, you can actually text us here in the studio, and we can read it on the air, or you can type back, and we can respond to your text and send you back a text of our own, and it'll even give you a little notification on your phone to let you know that you have a new message. There's also a button there that says Send Audio Video. 
or actually I think it says open line. And if you hit that button, you can actually record audio to send back to us. And if, if we can play it on the air, if it's usable, you know, keep it broadcast quality, uh, keep it, um, you know, clean so we can put it on the radio, we'll be able to play that right back. So I know like, cause not everybody can call in on a Saturday night. Sometimes, you know, maybe you're, you're having a family night, but you've got one earbud in listening to us, or maybe you're out with a, a date and you're listening to us driving around on the radio and then you get back into the house and you're like, I just have to use the bathroom. And you go in there and you're like, I want to call into Spooky's South Coast. Well, you can just record that audio and send it to us, and then we can play it here on the air. Or send us that app chat message if you can't say anything at all. I find that the app chat works well for a lot of people during the day on my daytime show because they're at work and they yeah. can't get away with yeah. you know, calling in. And, and certainly they can't spend time sitting on the phone waiting to call in. So it eliminates all of that for you. It makes it nice and easy for you to send in those messages. Also, I did get a couple of questions this week about how to listen to the Spooky South Coast podcast. Because Spooky South Coast predates the podcasting here at the station by about 15 years, <laughs> because it predates that, it's actually an independent podcast that isn't part of the WBSM podcasting platform. That's why you don't find it on the, on the app or on the website. But it is anywhere that you find a podcast. So if you go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, if you go to... Uh, Spotify, if you go to Stitcher, if you go to Spreaker, if you go to Amazon Music, all those places, and just type in Spooky South Coast, you'll be able to find it. It's actually even on our competitors' pl podcasting pad platform. The you know the one of the biggest radio companies in the world. They have a podcasting platform, and they carry Spooky South Coast, which. I think if they realized that it was a Town Square Media produced <laughs> podcast, they might remove it from there, but it's still up there for you to listen to. All right. Well, we will take a break for the news when we come back. More with you talking with you tonight on Spooky South Coast. two of Spooky South Coast, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in, you can also hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app as well. But we've got um, we've got ghost hunters on here in the studio. We've got uh, Travel Channel on on the big TV. And I don't, I don't really watch any of the shows anymore. Uh, I haven't watched them in a long time. Decade. I, I might sometimes, like, catch one or two of them, like, here in the studio or flipping through the channels. But... You know, now that Ghost Hunters is Ghost Hunters again, they've mm -hmm. they've brought it back on the Travel Channel, and they're they're back to being taps again and all that stuff. You know, we that we just had it on here, and we were kind of watching, and they were they brought in in this particular episode, which I think is a rerun. They brought in Amy and Adam. Yep. They brought in Dustin. 
Tango. So, a little bit well, of a, tango's well, tango's, yeah, tango's there all the time anyway. Um, but so it was, we kind of started a discussion with us here in the studio about like <laughs> some of the really original yeah. people that we knew from the very beginning that it's like, oh, I wonder whatever happened to that person. Well, I'm I wonder still where they're good friends with Lisa Dualabi. I hang out with yeah, her I, once I, in a while. I still see her on social media all the time. Um, of course, Keith Johnson. We talk yep. to Keith all the time. Yep. Uh, and just saw Keith, you know, at the uh, Ocean State Paracon. He is currently uh, helping handle that uh, case here in Fairhaven with me. So, uh, I've kind of let him take over and pilot that. He's, I mean, he's never far away if we if we ever need him for anything. He's always right there to help. Um, you know, I talk to Kristen Gartland now and then. I see all of her posts on social media, and then every once in a while we message each other and say, hey, let's hang out soon, and then neither <laughs> one of us really has the time to do it. But I definitely miss her. Like, so Oh, she's a hot ticket. What's funny is, like, as we as we got to, like, and, and we were just lucky. We were, we were, we were fortunate. Mem we were geographically fortunate, I'll say, yeah. in the early days to be like the only people doing a paranormal show that was within driving distance. Yep. And actually, when you think about it, in 2006, 7, 8, like that's before everybody used their cell phone instead of their house phone. Mm -hmm. And we were like the only show that it was probably a long distance, it uh, wasn't a long distance call for them to call us or us to call them. True. So <laughs> they, they could call in for two hours and not have to worry about who was picking up the phone yeah, bill for it. From the station here, they were all of a, what, 20 minutes? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had, you know, everybody would, would join us at some different point. And also at the or time, too. Come, come over and visit, yeah. At the time, too, there wasn't 50 different TV shows. True. So, you you know, if you wanted to have them on, it wasn't like people would say, well, why didn't you have this person from this show on or this person from this show on? So, you know, we kind of just, we knew that we could reach out to some of these folks more. And, you know, it was a little bit harder to get Jason and Grant because they were doing a Saturday night radio show, yeah. too, at the same time. Well, theirs was a little bit earlier than ours, but still. Like, they didn't want to go do a show for three or four hours and then have to call into us for two hours. So it was, you know, we never, we did have the, we did have the, um, the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The simulcast, I'll yes. say, from when they were trying to do their show. They wanted to do their Beyond Reality show from the Mount Washington Hotel when they were up there. And their radio station didn't have the capability to do it. But we did. And I was like, well, we can do that. We could certainly do that. And so I don't, I don't even remember how we pulled it off technically. I don't even remember like how uh, it all worked out. It was through my laptop to that little four-channel mixer I had. And luckily, the Mount Washington Hotel had a little spot where I could con connect a direct line in that had good, good enough bandwidth for what we needed back then to stream it. And this is before streaming was actually streaming. Right. So we were able to have them host their show on our airwaves. I don't I don't remember if we asked permission to do that. No, we didn't. We just I, did it. Yeah, we, we kind of just did whatever we wanted back then. Because what was the worst thing they were going to say to us? You guys can't come in next Saturday. Now if I break a rule, I lose my livelihood. So yeah. I'm a little bit more careful now. I kind of do like my job. Um, but... It was, it really, it really was like a different, and I was thinking about this a lot this week. Um, first of all, talking to an old friend from that time period, but then also like just kind of thinking back about how much things have changed. I, you know, I, I have to spend most of my day on social media because of the nature of my job. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of the paranormal stuff on social media and I just kind of roll my eyes and I'm like, why am I still doing this? Like, why am I still subjecting myself to this? Why don't I just start removing these people? 
Like, why do I still follow along? Like, it's just, it's, it's not a community anymore. It's just seeing people's bitch posts all the time. And why, why do I keep following along with them? You know, it's just, it gets very disheartening to see people just complaining about why did this person get a chance to be on TV and I didn't? How come this person's booked for this event and I didn't? Look at this guy. Like I put out my, my, all my different library lectures that I'm doing next month. And there are people who are actually like complaining about the fact that I'm doing so many of these. Like, oh, look, look at, look at this guy. Oh, what? So because libraries who have budgets for this want to pay me to come and talk about it and then have their patrons come and see it for free, this is an issue. Like, I've been doing this for over a decade. Uh, like Going on two decades. I mean, <coughs> yeah, you've paid your dues. Like, and it's also your job to speak and talk about things. You, you want to do it? Come up with a presentation and pitch it to them. Like, it's, yeah. not, it's, not, it's not like I have any kind of secret... Uh, you know, a secret kind of formula that, that gets them to hire me. I just get good reviews on them because I spend a lot of time on them. Well, it's your hired profession to be a professional speaker to the public. Well, and that's the thing. Like, don't... That, here's here's the problem is, like, you get a lot of paranormal groups that are like, well, yeah, they're going to pay you to come in and talk about ghosts. Our group would have gone there and presented some of our best evidence and we would have done it for free. Yeah, except nobody wants to hear you talk because you don't spend the time to be informative and entertaining for them. You just get up there and expect them to know what it is that you're going to present and you just want to play these clips for them. And yeah, the people want to hear the evidence. They love hearing the evidence, but you got to give them the background. You can't assume that everybody knows everything that you do and, and you got to find a way to do it in the 45 minutes that they're going to allot you. So, But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to just complain about that. You're digressing. What I was thinking about was the fact that it was such a different time period back then. You know what else brought it up, too, is somebody shared the stupid, most terrifying places in America, you know, like the worst, one of the worst things ever filmed was when they did the Lizzie Borden house for the most terrifying places in America. And they have that ridiculous, I mean, the, you know, the, the interviews and everything were okay, but they have that ridiculous narration where the guy's like, it's a, if you like a little murder with your tea and scones. And so, yeah. so that popped up on TV. So everybody was sharing like a screenshot of me. They're like, oh, look at how young you were. I was like, I'd look exactly the same if I just shaved my beard off. <laughs> but um, but I won't because I still have the same double chin that I had in that photo. But uh, so it was like a combination of that and talking to somebody from the past and just kind of thinking about it that I realized like it was so different back then. First of all, it was a lot more tight knit. The people that were around here, it was a lot smaller there was maybe, maybe 25 people that I knew locally in the paranormal world back then. Like yeah. now it's, you know, 2,500 people. But back then it was a much more smaller group. You could have had everybody over for a barbecue and had um, enough food for everybody. Um, well, you didn't have everybody over. I've had a number in, of people. In, in different increments. I mean, if you had everybody at uh, once, yeah. you could have them all come over and it still it wouldn't wouldn't cost you a fortune to get all that, all that uh, hamburgers and hot dogs. But the, um, the, the way that it was then, too, was kind of everybody working together. That you could reach out to somebody and say, hey, I have this going on. Can you come and help? And we all did it. Yeah. Like, we would go show up at something that they were doing, and they would come and do something that we were doing. And, like, now it's, it's not like that anymore. Now you reach out to somebody and you say, hey, I'm doing this thing. You want to come by? Well, like, well, am I going to get paid? <laughs> or... Hey, and I don't mean the people that just the people that are on TV. I mean anybody. Yeah. You know, or 
It's like, no, no, this is, this is somebody that asked me to investigate their house and I'm asking you to come with me because I haven't seen you in a while and I thought it would be fun for us to investigate together. You know, it's like a lot of that stuff has been lost now. It still exists in some pockets, but people have definitely gone off into little clicks more so than before when it was, you would just call the other few people that you knew that were into this stuff. I mean, I remember just sitting there and going to Keith. I don't think you did. I think it was just um, Matt and I, but we went to Keith and Carl's presentation that they did for South Coast Learning. Like that was something that happened back in those days. In New days. Bedford. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Oh, you were you there? Yeah. Um, so that was that was like something that just happened back in those days that they would be teaching yeah. ghost hunting courses and like it was just it it felt different then. And going to the Capers meetings, how fun were those? One Friday every month. Yep. That's how we first met Jeff and Rosemary and you know, and then he brought in Zaff as he brought in all kinds of great people to come and speak. Uh, and like you don't see those kind of things anymore. Uh, 508-996-0500. You are next on Spooky South Coast. Hello. What's shaking, Playboy? I knew it was you before you even uh, said anything. What's up, Playboy? What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing. Where were you, where were you at last week? <coughs> where was I? He yeah. was here. I was here. Oh, I thought you were gone. No. Um, yeah, I so talked to you. To me. And I, I did. I talked to you. Well, make sure you're paying attention. Okay. The video. All right, so, um, now, you were talking about some, something uh, about something happening. Now, I, all I know is that I remember well, videotaping that. You know where there's, if you look at that video I sent out, the, the, morphing, the morphing lights, morphing UFO, mm -hmm. there's a, at the bottom, like down at the bottom, there's like another light that was right there, down there, down at the bottom. Something, literally, something came rushing towards me. Literally, the light, and all I know is that, like, um, I had like light flashing on me. Like the next thing I know, was like I was I was I was throwing up. I was on the ground. I was on my knees on the ground, throwing up. And I grabbed my phone and it's like, and I picked the phone in inside. And so when it's like, I didn't put all that video on there because it stopped going. It stopped. I don't know how long it was. It had like maybe thirty minutes something like on there. That was all done. So I just got what I could get out of there for that, and, and the rest was like kind of all, all blurry. It was like messed up the vision of that. But it's like I don't know what. So you, I've had other things similar to that happen prior to. And um, uh, let me let me ask you a question. What would you say? What would you say if I told you uh, I was mating or with a with a, a half with a half half a woman and half centaur woman? What would you do if I told you that? Um. Uh. Well, you need pictures. Well, I kind of want to know which. I kind of want to know which half was woman and which half was centaur. Um. Well, the good parts. Okay. <laughs> well, like, does does that qualify as bestiality if you're having sex with a centaur woman? That's a, that's a, somebody that do it. All right. So you know the you know the native commercial, the native commercial, like yeah. yeah. So so that that girl's here. She's 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 in the shower right now. She's at my house. She's been here since uh, I'm gonna say since since Monday. And so on. It's like so. I'm, I'm dealing pictures with or right it now. didn't happen. No, no, it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, like I said, I was drunk. I was young. I needed the money. Yeah. So it was like I said, you know, I just I'm talking about that. So we were talking about. I showed her some videos and stuff. She was telling me about some stuff that happened to her, some scary stuff. So I was gonna try to get that together. She, I don't know. She, I don't know how long she's gonna be here. I'm trying to trying to get her out here. I'm gonna try to get out in my belly. She's she's nice. She's she's cleaned up the house a little bit for me. And you know she can't cook too good, but you know we'll work on that though. You know. Yeah. And she's thick. You figure thick girls could cook real good. The skinny chicks can't throw down that the, ball. The more yeah. I let him go, the more he gets us in trouble. Yeah, we're <laughs> on the raggedy edge right now. 
I'm not talking about anything bad, nothing like um, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing that would, that costs too much. But I'm telling the truth though. Only person I can think of that skinny. Well, my my late my, my late my baby daughter's late her late mother. She could she could throw down really good. She's like, G- Giada De Laurentiis is pretty is pretty thin. Oh yeah, I was there. Yeah, she is. She's really nice. I um I went with I have a friend uh, this girl I know it's her friend. It was like two, I'm gonna say New Year's um, 2018 was it? I think I told you about that. But I, so um, they came. She was out here and uh, their friend. So she came with me and we went to go to went to my friend's uh, uh, club that they had out here. So but she was with me. So it's like I didn't do no with her. But me and her friend were kicking it like had been kicking it though. But yeah, she's pretty. She got she got pretty big head and pretty face. And it's like you know it's like you know plus she can cook. I guess I don't know. I think Rachel Ray could probably go down real good too. I don't know. You, you know, strike that. me more as an Ina Garten guy. Oh, or maybe um, Paula Dean. I like <laughs> you like butter. <laughs> oh yeah, damn Skippy, damn Skippy. If I could, oh peanut butter. Like if I could do, I'd like to. You know, um, what about the Long Island medium? What about her? I, I, I don't know much about her cooking skills. No, but she looks like she can throw. She's a pretty thick, sturdy woman too. She's like she'd be a good piggyback ride and kind of have fun. All right, now we're now we're we're going yeah, we're going a little too far edge. off the okay. edge. Or, or, or what? Okay, sorry, I'll slow down. Like I said, um, I was going. I wanted to see. I got some other videos. I've got some other things I've got that I put on my up on my channel. Um, but I've got other ones I have to take off my other phones. I'm, I've got two other phones. That, well, I've got like one, two, like four, four or five other phones that I need to take get all that stuff down off of there. So and it's like now, mind you, some of these like old flip phones, and it's like you know, it's got Flip Wilson. Watch a sucker. You know, Flip Wilson. <laughs> yeah. <got it>. All <laughs> right. So these are back. these are these are phones that you've upgraded from over the years. You don't just you're not running yeah. five different phones at once. Oh no, I like I can afford that. Geez, it cost me five bucks just to block the phone to call you. You know, just, just uh, that's kind of crazy. But it's like you know, but that's okay though. It's quite all right. But I think that are you guys planning on going to see Halloween next month? When it comes out? No, I'll probably wait for it to stream. Oh, it's going to be the it's supposed to be the final. It, actually, one. isn't it? It's streaming the same time as they release it in the theaters. Oh, that I think it's going to be out like like a month or a month, two weeks or a month earlier. Before, no, the, I think uh, they're doing the it like theaters. they did. I think they're doing it like they did the last one, where it's streaming and theaters at the same time. They did some like other. They've had other movies come out, like for instance, like um John Wick. Like that movie that came out, that first came out in the theaters and came out like a couple, like a month or so later. Yeah, they did that. They did that with the black phone where they had it like, you know, you could watch it in theaters and then they put it on Peacock for extra. And now it's on, uh, now it's on Peacock included. So I got to watch that. I, I really enjoyed that one. That sounds pretty good. What about the movie Pearl? Have you seen commercials for that? I Yeah, I've, I've seen things about it, but I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen X either. And I guess it's the, the prequel to X. Somebody was telling me it's like it's uh, it's like with all the sex and all the murdering and axe murdering, it's like a Frank Capra film. So like, so <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> the art's making them lace. <laughs> like did, did you catch Did you catch the Jeffrey Dahmer series on Netflix? Oh, uh, oh no, I didn't. But I, you know, I told you I've got friends that know about that. It was they were living there in Milwaukee when that was going on, and these two girls, two pretty chicks. You know, we I was, we were all young back then, young and firm and stuff like that. So, and so she, these two girls came out and they were saying, "Hey, how you doing?" We were out here at the what was it? Was it the Latin? The Latin was still up in the Latin Hotel. They were in town and I was talking to them. I said, "Where are you from?" They said, "Milwaukee." And I said, "Oh, how do you like it?" They, they said they told me like three jokes. I well, told me two jokes. So I got one out there. It's nice and clean. The one daughter, the one uh, girl, something says, "Hey, uh, what happened when uh, Jeffrey Dahmer invited his mother for dinner?" 
She said, she said, Jeffrey, you know, I don't like your friends. He said, that's, just, he said, that's okay. Just eat the vegetables. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, damn. All right. On that note, Lamone, we're going to say goodnight to you. They're all, they're all, they're, that's not too bad. I've heard, I've heard worse things when I was in second no. grade. No, no. I've said worse things. I'm not going to go, uh, keep it clean. Or what did they find in um oh oh Michael uh, what did they find say Michael Jordan what did they find in um uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's uh, medicine cabinet what Head and Shoulders okay so that, yeah. that, okay that's yeah. good. okay that was good and clean right okay I don't want everybody to get upset so I guess you're not doing the show next week no we're off next week uh, there's an event and then we'll be back uh, the rest of October we'll be here when you, won't you guys come out here. Well, no, I thought you were gonna bring your that you gonna bring his dad, but bring you too. I thought y'all three of you were gonna come down and visit. Well, can't, can't I might be it. out in that direction in March. Uh, March, okay. What, what uh, are you talking about? Well, actually, I'm gonna be in Roswell in March, which is oh. not that far from uh, yeah, Las Nevada Vegas and, and New Mexico. New Mexico is that far. Well, a lot closer Las than we are right now. Exactly, but probably cheaper flying though. You know, from here to there. Yeah, and Roswell actually has a pretty nice little airport. Yeah, well, it's kind of spacey. I was thinking mm -hmm. if you came down, it would be like, you know, perfect time for March Madness. Do you you like to get down with the bets and stuff like that sometimes? No, but, Moniz doesn't know nothing about sports well, we're gonna or have betting. To that. We're going to have to you, work on that. You'd be easily taking his money. A fool, no, a fool of his money would be money. soon parted. Uh, I don't, do, I don't do sports or betting, so. Okay, but life is a life is a sport, and we bet every day. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you know, if, if I put it that same, oh rats! I guess you have to go and see these these big booty black strippers. You come with me. Oh, okay, all right. Well, we're gonna let <laughs> you go. Lamont. We got we got to answer some move. chat messages, but thank you very much for the call. Have a good night. We love you, but that's <laughs> we we let him go a little bit too much there. It usually comes back to bite us in the ass when we do. Uh, just a quick app chat message that came in from Matt in Springfield. I always hear that Lizzie or Elizabeth Borden's grave is supposedly a paranormal hotspot. Why would a deceased body with no energy left in it exhibit activity? And why would a spirit attach itself to a lifeless area? And, I, you know, I've thought about this a lot because we, we it's not just that particular grave, but we encounter other graveyard cemeteries where there's different spirits that are seen and different stories that are uh, associated with them. I do think part of it is that you, if you are a spirit and you want to have interactions with people, you go to where the people are going to go. And so whereas the people are coming to her grave to try to speak with her, it's kind of the one place where she could be herself there. You know, because if you're in the murder house, if you're in the Lizzie, what's now called the Lizzie Borden house, used to be the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast, there's speculation about what else might be in that house that could be present presenting itself as the Borden's. You know, Maplecroft now, it's a private home. I don't know if you were aware of this, Moniz. It's sold to a family from New Bedford. So there's now a couple with two young, two or three young kids that are living in Maplecroft as their private residence. Okay. So, you know, she's not going to be interacting with people there anymore. So I could see it as like the place that she could go and speak to people in kind of her purest form. Uh, but I, I think we encounter a lot of uh, haunted cemeteries because... People will go there looking for the spirit, so the spirit knows to go and be there. I don't think they want to live there and hang out there and be there all the time, but I think that they kind of know that that's a place where people go to communicate with them. Um, you know, you you and I have been to multiple different cemeteries. I go oh, to yeah. Burial Hill all the time, you know, and and it's usually when I go there, I yep, yeah. and I'll pull out my my recorder and I will uh, record a few minutes and a few times I've caught some different things. 
I've been in Chicago looking for the Lady in White and, you know, several it's, other places. It's, uh, you know, we, we um, when we investigated in West Spider, Bridgewater. Spidergate. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. Uh, when we did the West Bridgewater event, we had you stationed out there in the cemetery yep. for the night because that's a place where there's a lot of activity. So, I mean, for Palmer River Cemetery, um, yeah, there's plenty of them around here. And, and you know, going back to some of my earliest paranormal experiences, it was directly the result of my cousin going and playing in the cemetery mm -hmm. and kind of stirring something up. So I think that there's there's a connection there, but I don't think that it's necessarily that 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 ghosts are hanging around cemeteries waiting for people. I think it's more that when people go to the cemeteries, they know that's a good place to go and interact. And I don't think that they have to, you know, be tied into the bodies that are there. You know, you could be encountering a spirit that could be in this place because it is known to have activity, but they might not be buried there at all. I'm thinking of the story of, um, oh, damn it. When you tell when you when you see Andy tomorrow, don't tell him that I forgot this story because it's one of my favorite stories that Andy tells. Okay. Uh, not Mercy Brown, but the other uh, Nellie Vaughn. Nellie, Nellie Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah. So okay. like that's that's another example of a of a of a spirit that haunts where their where their body is buried, and to the point where you know people have gone and desecrated her grave because they make the mistake of thinking that she's a vampire. Nellie Vaughn. Um, there's a well. You also have another famous woman ghost in there that that she seen where she died, um, Dolly Cole. Right, but it turns out that yeah, turns out that story got yeah, I know twisted around a little bit. Yep, um, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of stories though that that you you we we tell the legend a certain way and then we find out later on that that's not necessarily true, but it, that, you know the legend doesn't change. I mean, I'm actually. I'm actually working on a project on this now where I'm analyzing some of these legends that don't either have no truth behind them that we can prove or don't line up with the actual truth. And one of the things that is kind of the inspiration Lady for that. Lady of the Ledge? That's, that's what I was going to say. That's kind of one of the things that was the inspiration for but that. But I've seen her, and but the legend is different. Now, we know that, you know, it was a quarry, <laughs> you know, and but I did know that, you know, I did see this apparition before I found out about what the legend was. Right. So this the the, the story goes for those unfamiliar, uh, the Asonet Ledge. And by the way, one more time, it's pronounced Asonet, not Asonet. So I know that the Bridgewater podcast series that came out last year, uh, they kept referring to it as Asonet. It's Asonet. So the Asonet Ledge has this legend around it. That there is, uh, that going back to the colonial times, there was a Native American princess who was in love with a white settler, and her father, the chief, would not let them be together, so she threw herself off the ledge. Right. And some variations of the story are, he came and found out, the you know, the, the, the colonial settler found out, he threw himself off the ledge as well. Um, but yeah. the idea is that people who go there will stand at the edge of the ledge and have this overwhelming feeling of grief and want to jump. jump. Even if they're not suicidal at all. They'll just want to jump. And there are a lot of suicides that happen. I there. was going to say, there are at least one person, as far as we've been told by the um, the police department and the park department, dies every year, whether either intentionally taking their life or as what more than likely happens on a lot of occasions that people get drunk and fall off the edge fooling around. And so we were telling the story at the Freetown Historical Society and 
we're telling the story about how this, you know, this 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 woman in white is seen, and it's supposedly the spirit of this Native American princess. And a guy stands up and says, "Well, that's a great story, except for one small thing. That was a quarry that was dug out in the early 1900s. Yeah. So there was no ledge in the Native American times for her to throw herself off of, which." You know, and Moniz, as you were saying, you saw her before you'd ever heard of that story. So it right. wasn't like you went out there looking for it. Right. And were somehow influenced by hearing the story. And this is what we were there to say. I saw, what I, I, I was there to go out and look for UFOs. And these locals that had brought me out there, they were the ones that told me the story. You know, it's like, this is what the legend is. And... uh they did verify, and I also knew that, you know, there had been uh, deaths because that's one of the things that they were talking about before they were bringing me up. Yeah, somebody fell off there, you know, and got killed or whatever, you and know, a few weeks before. There's also the rumors that the Providence mob used it as yeah, a dumping site for bodies because... Oh, the thing is, it's a bottomless pit. There's cars in there and all so, kinds of other things. You yeah. know, there's there's all kinds of negativity associated with that spot. But it was just interesting that the legend has grown so much, but yet there can't really be any truth to the legend. It's just a good story. And in fact, there's probably similar sites like that all over the place that have the exact same legend. It's like, it, you know, we've talked about this before with Chris Balzano. How many places have a crybaby bridge? They have some sort of bridge when you stop on the bridge and you listen, you hear the baby crying. And it's because mothers go there and throw the baby overboard, uh, throw the baby over the side of the bridge. And, but yet, there's never any proof of that ever actually happening. But the story seems to follow every bridge. Although we have found that there have been uh, actual officers that understand and know the supposed a, accident that had happened. It was uh, the the brother of a of a police officer. It was what did he say? It was his rookie year, I think he yeah. said. And I want to say he it said was it was seventy nine. Yeah, it was in the seventies. So you know that was that was interesting to hear something that. We've talked about it for years. It's just a legend. And, and really, in some sense, people think could have been completely made up. And then at the same time, you know, here's this person saying, well, but my brother experienced what he's always thought was the actual death of the person that became the redheaded hitchhiker. But how many other similar stories are there to the redheaded hitchhiker? Pretty much every lonely stretch of road has yeah, one. Yeah. And in fact, we're going to have Clarissa Vasquez come on in a few weeks and she's going to talk with us about her new book, which is about phantom hitchhikers. Because it is such a prevalent phenomenon. Yeah. In and fact, it goes back, you know, there it goes back even beyond colonial days, you know, ha ha hitching rides in uh, coaches and stuff like that. Um, there were plenty of stories back in England uh, of the same kind of events. So it's, you know, these, these legends that keep persisting, even if there is no real ghost associated with the legend... There's a couple of things that can happen. One of them could Talpa. be one of them could be that you know we create that ghost ourselves, but the other one could be like that's a really good spot for somebody who is a ghost to want to come and be part of because you've got people that are going to come on a regular basis trying to communicate with this spirit that may or may not have ever existed. So why not just step into that role? If I died tomorrow, maybe I decide to go become the redheaded hitchhiker of Route 44. 
You know, maybe I say, I'm going to go hang out down there and I'm going to look for rides from people. Oh, maybe it's going back to the old Beetlejuice movie. It's the job you get assigned to when yeah, you, know, you cross over. You know, and, and maybe that is the case. Maybe maybe that there has to be some of these. Because we've talked before, you know, especially when we were doing the stage show. And as I'm sitting down with Jeff and Andy and, and Carl and we're trying to, like, craft these stories of how we're going to tell them, we tried to put in a little bit of... You know, why would there be this ghost if the ghost story isn't true? Why would people need to tell this story if there wasn't truth behind it? And and one of the things about the redheaded hitchhiker story is even if the hitchhiker isn't true, you would want that story to exist because it serves as a great cautionary tale not to pick up hitchhikers. Right. So, you know, there's a reason why that story would get repeated again and again and again. So maybe we need some of these legends. Right. The, like the going back to what started all the, the original Lady of the Ledge. You know, because that place is dangerous, and it has it has known to collect lives. You know, there, there's no if, no and, no but. There are plenty of police reports to validate what we're talking about, people dying there. So, is this apparition a warning? Like you're saying with the red-headed hitchhiker or hitchhikers in general, is it is it a warning, um, a harbinger? is actually, I think, the term for it. And is that feeling of dread when you stand at the edge, this feeling of wanting to jump, is that your body's way of telling you, hey, you're just a little bit too close? Yeah. So maybe maybe you're not thinking about jumping, but standing there and having that sudden quick feeling like jump, 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 you realize, wait but a minute, I'm too close. But it's only in one particular spot, so it is said. You know, I have not personally had the, you know, I get the, oh, sh- that that's a oh, little I, too close. No, I definitely, I definitely, but I do know those, other yeah. people that I've been up there with. That there's like I had this thing that I I felt like I had to jump. I was going to jump, and I had to. I got know. those thoughts in my head, and 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 Frank Grace, who as you know is one of the oh, most yeah. happiest most people grounded. we know. Yeah, and uh, and and he he certainly you know talks about this. So I'm not talking out of school here. Yeah. he had that feeling of of wanting to jump when he stood yeah. there. So, what I mean, the need to have these these ghosts these legends as as a lesson it doesn't surprise me that we have a need for those lessons and that we can fill them in with the ghosts what fascinates me even more is when the stories persist and people have the interaction so for example the lady of the ledge that you saw was there another spirit there that just happened to be coinciding with what was going on is it something that we've created because we've told the story so much not you personally because you just found out the story but is I it found out that, the story after the fact that's the part that but is that creeped me out is that something that just keeps perpetuating the more people tell it the stronger it becomes i think that there's something to be said for that i think there's some and i'm not talking about it just being necessarily something that we've created completely but i think that if people stop telling these stories and sharing these stories the ghost would go away. I think that the more that we give it life, and certainly we've, yeah. look at how much life we've given the Bridgewater Triangle in the last 20 years. Okay. You know, so that's not a surprise that it has become so active in such a thing. And, and I'm not talking us. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody. No, I, yeah, collectively. You know, the fact that there's the Aaron Mankey podcast series of it, the fact that there's been the documentary, the fact that there's been a couple knockoff documentaries, the fact that there's been other media Books. projects that have been planned. Like, it really seems like, and, and it's funny because we talk about this too, myself and Aaron and Chris Balzano, there's been a number of te- proposed television projects about the Bridgewater Triangle, 
and they never come to fruition. <laughs> like they've they've come, they've shot sizzle reels, they yep. put they put together I'll, the treatments. We get what calls from people every what six months. As a uh, matter of fact, as, Andy, not as much as it used to be. Andy just got one for it, and the producers trying to call me and get me involved and stuff like that. There was a, a time pre-pandemic, I want to say like 2017, 2018, where there were like five different production companies all planning something at the same time. Yeah. And it got to the point where like every time they call you, you'd have to be like, wait, which one are you again? Okay, wait, who else have you called? And you had to like kind of pick yeah. and choose based on, you know, who it was you were going to talk to because there was so much interest in it. And thankfully now it's slowed down a little bit, so it's a, a little bit easier to follow. But everybody was hot on it for the longest time. And we just kind of sat back and said, well, but none of these things go anywhere. <laughs> You've got companies, you know, a lot of them are you know, not necessarily well-versed in this stuff or well-known in this stuff. But then you also had companies that were known for creating good paranormal content. And even they're failing to get this done. So it's like, okay, well, is there not enough story there? Because I honestly feel there's enough story there. I've, I actually wrote a, a, a treatment for a series. Um, and I was actually the only person that got paid <laughs> of all the people they were talking to. Cause I told them they had to pay me to, to, to do it. And like, I plotted out multiple seasons of like where to go and like how to break it all down. So you're not doing too much at once. And so that you could really make it last. And they, had a really great track record that company and even they couldn't get it off the ground so you start to think like okay is there a curse to this yeah. like is there a, is there something pushing back to say we're going to make sure this doesn't work hmm. could very well be 508-996-0500 good evening you're on spooky south coast hello hi fellas um <laughs> first time long time right <laughs> exactly i have old old old, old timer uh we we have a one call per show rule, Lamone. We already had to cut you off because you went a little bit too far. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you 30 oh. seconds before I cut you off again. Okay. Well, Matthew, I was telling. I was going to tell him that um, she's with uh, that. Do you know Bigfoot Famous? Whatever that is. That show, whatever Bigfoot Famous is, she's on there. The chick that's, that was in the bathroom. Okay, they'll told us just here. So that this she's that's the chick in the native commercial with the centaur chick with the yeah. Hello. Yeah, that's her. So this. Okay, so that might she might pop up in conversation. Do you know what that show is? Bigfoot famous? No, does she does she play Bigfoot? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. To be totally honest. Yeah, I don't know. But you said I'm, she. You said, I, I said generally she don't watch TV, so I can't help you. Yeah, I guess it's kind of hard being Amish out there. Yeah, no, I. I, I, I I'm, or Quaker. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll find. I'll, I don't. I don't know. I wanted to ask her, but I don't. I want to pretend like I know the show. You don't like. Sorry, ma'am. Like, who was it? Says, oh, who was who was uh, John Lennon? You remember who, who that was? That she didn't know who was May May, uh, May May the chick that um was John Lennon's lawyer, lover. You know, she said, I don't know who, who the who John Lennon is. So that's how he it. Yeah. So I'm looking. I looked up Bigfoot Famous. It looks like yeah. it's uh, looks like it's on Tubi. It's on Vudu. It's on Sling TV. It's on Roku. So it's um. So it's stuff I definitely wouldn't have watched. So yeah, I'm looking here. Is it? Is it? Is it Stephanie? What's her name? No, Lauren. Lauren. Hmm. I know. I know the centaur in the you know. Oh uh, no! Commercial. I see who you mean. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to say her whole name on it, but. Yeah. But she's cute, isn't she? Uh yeah, she, she is. is. Yeah. I've I've had I've, I've had worse and I've had better, but I'm not going to play too loud. 
That's just trying to shut off. I don't want to listen to the door. No women, no the women be listening all the time. Wait a minute. Is she, is she is she also the person that does Melania Trump and Jill Biden on on TikTok? I think so. Yeah, she does something. Yeah, that's her. She does the, the blonde hair. Yeah. So that's she was her. part of Second City and she was part of the Groundlings. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm more impressed by the Second City. That's what I'm more like. A lot of people don't appreciate, don't appreciate Second City. There's hardly anybody here that's left that's that's from there. You know, uh, who else? Um, uh, Dave Thomas is still alive. Mm -hmm. Rick Moranis. You know, yep. what, what happened with Rick Moranis? Um, uh, Age, Andrea Martin, uh, uh, Eugene Levy. Uh, Joe, Joe Flaherty. Joe Flaherty's still around, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so is, uh, what's it, Kath, uh, Catherine? Um, uh, Catherine O'Hara. O'Hara, that's right, yeah. So there, and uh, there's other people, but like Joe Rosado, but he's not on the show anymore. He's been off for a while. Quite a few people. I like them. I like them better than those other ones. Saturday Live is cool, uh, but I am. Um, I was like, geez, I wish I'd had my knew my tapes were out. Went back and auditioned again. Well, I, I just everybody. I just wrote a story this week at uh, WBSM.com about the uh, the grave of John Belushi on Martha's Vineyard. Did, well, well, did you know that he's well, not buried where his headstone is? Correct. No, because no, somebody tried to dig him up. Yeah, they had to move him. There's too many, too much, too much uh, stuff going on around the grave, so they had to move him. They had people trying to dig him up. They had people partying and leaving trash. They had people riding motorcycles over other people's graves. Well, you know the the chick that killed him, right? The uh, the chick that Smith, Patty Smith, whatever her name is, uh, Kathy she, Smith. Yeah, Kathy. Well, she was uh, she's sundown. You know, sundown. You better take care by Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, that's who she is. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm. Yeah. Learn there's something new every day. So look at that. I hope you got me seeing Gordon Lightfoot. These are the last days. <laughs> All right. Well, I will uh, I will let you go so you can sing the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald or any other Gordon Lightfoot song you want to sing. Are you going to be doing uh, the show Friday night? Uh, yes. When are you going to start taking phone calls? Uh, I don't know. I don't have that set up anymore, so I don't know if I can. So yeah, I think maybe let Matt see that, see what he thinks about her. About the show, maybe you might get a chance to watch it. We're gonna um, we're, we're gonna have Matt, yeah. Matt, we're gonna have Moniz on uh, Midnight FM at some point. So, but uh, we will we will talk to you later, Lamont. We're, we're running out of time to wrap things up. So thank you for the, the the second call too. But at least we learned something, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I was looking up the um the the, the person that's that's staying with him and seeing some of the the stuff that she's done. So I I don't know that I've recognized her character from things, but uh, she's been in a lot of pretty interesting things. So. Yeah, interesting. I don't, I don't know. I still don't know that I totally believe it, but you know, it's it's a Lamone call. You never know where it's gonna go. No. Uh, going, and if it is her, more so, power to you, brother. Going back to the legends and going back to the Belushi thing. So part of the the reason that I wrote this up was because I was just out having uh, having a drink next door with a couple of the staff members here. And I don't even know how that came up. I think it was because, you know, all the stuff that's been going on with Martha's Vineyard in the news. And I brought up the Belushi thing and I said, I should write an article about that. Maybe people don't know about that. And in digging into it a little bit more, I also learned that people apparently, there's a mistaken legend that Belushi, so he, he died in 1982 of a drug overdose. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And he was buried on Martha's Vineyard because that was the place where he felt most at peace. Correct. They had moved, they had gone there by accident on vacation. And when they fell in love with it, they bought a house there. And so uh, Judy Belushi had him buried in the Abel's Hill Cemetery in Chilmark. And they did have to move him a year later, a year or so later, from the spot where he was originally buried into an unmarked grave. And years ago when I went there, the caretaker showed me exactly where it is. But 
you know, for the most part, like they don't want people to know where it is because yeah, again, like you said, people were digging them up. People were partying, leaving a mess where it is now. It's in a little bit more of a, like where the headstone is. It's in a little bit more of a controlled area and it's by the road. So people can see, and it's not so um, secluded where people can get away with stuff. But I didn't realize that there's a whole legend because the story got out that his body had been moved. There's a legend going around that he's they actually went to Chicago, that he's buried in its River Grove, Illinois, I want to say, or Grove River. I think it's River Grove, Illinois, where his parents are buried, that they have the family plot. So there's the grave of his grandparents, um, his paternal grandparents. And then next to that is the grave of his mother and father. And on the backside of that grave, they, well, I mean, so the the mother and the father are kind of on the backside of where the grandparents are. But on the, on the tombstone, on the headstone for them, it says, it's a big picture of Belushi. And it says, in loving memory of John Belushi, uh, he filled our lives with laughter or some sort of quote like that. And he dominates that stone. And then at the bottom of it, it just says, you know, Adam and Agnes, his parents. So, but they're the ones that are actually buried there. And that's mm. just a, what do they call it? A centipath. Yeah. So that's just like no different than having a memorial to somebody in the city where they were made famous, but it's not where they were buried. Uh, so it's kind of the same thing, but people make the mistake of thinking that his body was moved. And so the stories have really gotten bizarre over the years that he was moved there in the middle of the night and they, they yeah. dug it up. And like I saw one story that said um, they had to remove his mother's body and bury him under the mother. Oh God. He, except for the fact that his mother was alive when he died. His mother was the one that actually had them put that on the tombstone after he passed away. So like you just see these little bit of inaccurate information but uh, it still, you know, makes for a legend. And as they say, when the legend becomes fact, you print the legend. So um, you can check out that story at WBSM.com if you want to read about it for yourself. I think they put it up at UltimateUnexplained.com as well uh, so that you can see that. There's there's a lot of great content. If you've never been to UltimateUnexplained.com, I recommend going there. Um, it's a great spot that kind of brings together all of the paranormal and true crime content that we write across all the Town Square media sites. And they bring it all together and, uh, and put it together for you to um, dive a little bit deeper into some of these stories. So it's always worth checking out. Um, I'm looking. I don't think they put that one up at Ultimate Unexplained yet. But there's the story about when I went to uh, the Valley Inn in Portsmouth and had some haunted ghost pizza and checked out the cemetery afterwards. You can check that out. Uh, Massachusetts UFO sighting, all kinds of stuff up there for you. All right. Well, we're just about out of time. Um, so next week again, there won't be a show because I'll be at the Emory estate, but I'm going to try to try to go live a little bit from social media. Again, if you know, if you want to follow me on TikTok, that'll get me up to where I need to be to have enough live viewers. Let's see. Where am I at? Have I gained any tonight? Gonna guess not. Let's see. I'm 19 away. Was I 19 away before yeah. or was I 20? Okay. So I'm 19 away, but, um, Hopefully we get enough and we can go live on that. If not, I'll go live on Instagram or Facebook or something and just kind of show you around a little bit. And then I'll be all over the place during the month of October. Um, I know your thing is a closed thing, right? Like the thing that you're doing before no. Halloween, is that open to the public? That's going to be open to the public. It's going to be a um, costume contest for both children and adults. It's going to be at the Social Harmony Lodge in Wareham on Sunday, October 30th. There will also be a um, 
$10 donation if you wanted to get involved in the spaghetti dinner that's happening downstairs. Like I said, uh, costume competition, and it's going to be, you know, true ghost stories. You know, Andy Lake and I are going to be basically hosting it. I know you're going to try and put together a little uh, video story for us. Yeah, so. I'm gonna, I'll be in Duxbury that day, but I will I will definitely provide you with a video. But yeah, come on down uh, starting at 5 o'clock, going to about 7.30, 8 o'clock. You know, uh, $10 donation at the door. And there's also, like I said, a spaghetti dinner, and we'll be handing out prizes. All right. Well, I will make you wait then for me to promote mine because Moniz just took up all the time. Sorry. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so let's see. Uh, October 11th, West Bridgewater Library. October 12th, Wareham Public Library. Uh, in uh, October 19th, I'll be in Ashburnham. On the 20th, a night of ghost stories at Stonepath Malt in Wareham. For, uh, and then on uh, Friday, the 21st, I'll be in Katuit. The 22nd, I'll be in Freetown. The 24th, Brockton via Zoom, so that's open to anybody. 26th, the Cushnet. 27th, Marion. 28th, Avon. 29th, Attleboro. 30th, Duxbury. Got them all in in time. Uh, but I'm putting them all up on my social media channels, and I'll go over them all with you again uh, as we get closer to those dates. But Moniz, the thing I'm most excited about, October 8th, I get to be a guest judge at Chowderfest. Okay. Yeah. So when you see me the, on October 9th, unable to walk, it's because of the gout from all the chowder I had. Until next time, everybody out there, stay spooktacular.